Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. I've got a sinking feeling I've got my tech wrong this morning. Do you ever get that feeling? I've got my tech wrong. Constantly. I mean, I can hear you. I can see you. It's high stakes as well. It is high stakes. You know? It'd be higher stakes if we were live or, we're, you know, we're a highly successful show, but high stakes nonetheless. Yeah, the stakes are high. If I knew the lyrics to the best of the best song, I'd, I'd seamlessly insert them here verbally. Mm. Maybe I'll just add the music in post. Maybe that's happening, right? Maybe it already happened. Best of the best. Best of the best. <laughs> Figuratively and literally. And mostly figuratively. <laughs> so, How dare you? <laughs> this brings us to week five. Week five. Week five of martial arts films. Someone just alerted me to the winner of the fans' choice. Yep, yep. And I would say on that, you know, you think you know people. i got to say. The fundamental challenge with fans' choice is the winner does appear to just be the most well-known one. Like it's a numbers game just in terms of awareness. Oh, yeah. Because there's like passionate people for things like American Ninja or whatever. Mm. But then they just don't have the numbers. Not enough people know what that is in terms of the Instagram followers. It's like an allegory. Maybe we need to come up with electoral colleges or something. Yeah. Or Just some way that we can game the system a little bit. Maybe we can hire the good people at Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still around? Keep going. Hey, so this is week five, right? So wait, so that, does that mean fans' choices next week? Is it? Yeah. And then we've got McDojo. Yeah, McDojo is joining us. you got to check out McDojo. If you don't know McDojo, I mean, you will love McDojo if you listen to this podcast. Yeah. That's for damn sure. He basically, he uncovers fraudulent martial arts activities around the world. So he's got a great Instagram account of people performing some uh, questionable feats of strength and power over their minions. It's very strange. Yeah. Great content. And he wants to do The Last Dragon. The Last Dragon. Keep going. Hey, let's play the song. I said, empty your mind. Be formless. So, this week, best of the best, save the best of the best till last, sort of. Second last. Pen, pen, ultimate, ultimate. The Chris, the Chris Pen ultimate. The Chris Pen ultimate. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, what year are we in, Greg? This is, uh, oh, we're in the Expo hangover year. It's 1989. Mm. The year of best of the best. Oh, set the context for us, Greg. What the hell happened that year? Bring well, us back. Give us some member berries. Make me tingle. Look, as we've talked about, 89 was a bit of a come down of a year. Yeah. You know, the Sunday morning of, of member berries. Bit flat. Uh, okay, there was there was pockets of innovation, Tristan. No, really. Well, what some people call innovation, some might call hijackery. Ha! Huh. Bit of uh, idea stolmanship. <laughs> stolmanship. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm, of course, talking about <laughs> of course. a little product called wow. McPizza. No. Are you aware of McPizza? No. I'm assuming it's McDonald's pizza. You assume correctly. Yeah, wow. 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 So in 89, now I, I never saw this, so I don't know if it ever came to Australia or not. Basically, the, the, the good folk at Macca's uh, started a, f- you know, a, what do you call it? What would you call this? It's, it's like a, a pizza, the Pizza Wars, I guess. Um, they're known for a bit of innovation, the, the good folk at Macca's. Yeah. But in an, in an attempt to boost their evening sales, they're like, man, these Domino's, these Pizza Huts, they're, they're doing good, man. They're kicking a lot of goals. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and drop a pizza. Yeah. Um, I think I've got an ad here. So it looks like a frozen pizza. Yeah. 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 Like it's probably, it's probably reasonably tasty. It's probably totally fine. Um, they wrote pizza by tilting two M's onto their side to form a Z. You know, yeah. if you tilt. Smart. So that, you know, that was cool. Using their distinctive brand assets. Yeah. Like distinctive it. brand assets. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, it was only going to be available available in the evenings. It was their delivery? Because that feels like the business opportunity at the time, potentially. Well, I don't, it doesn't mention that. I've got yeah. into a couple of articles. Interesting. Uh, but they did some. Because there's always a little bit of difference in some of the Maccas, you see. Yeah, yeah. So some of them started to, they were trying to bring it to table service. Some of them were trying oh. to do, um, you know, red checkered tablecloths. Some of them went the whole nine yards, you know, going the full Olive Garden route. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but, you know, they started the Pizza Wars. There was some good, uh, uh, you know, there was some good bands, Tristan. <laughs> the Pizza Hut people coming out saying don't make a mistake. Love it. Love it. Mmm, McSteak. Sounds delicious. They called the McDonald's pizza McFrozen. <laughs> that's a bit, that's, you know, a bit less. It's less clever. Less clever. Um, but, you know, you put Mick on anything and you've got a, you got, you're working with something. McPizza, for instance. That's right. Um, but, you know, you know, the downfall was, what do you reckon the downfall was? Go have a couple of guesses. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Is pizza going to work for Macca's? Is it was it just like an operational issue? Just it was audio. speed, yes, yeah, speed. yes, yes. It was a speed. The other thing was cost. So back then, where are these numbers? There we go. So in nineteen ninety one, they had to go for a couple of years. You get a hamburger for like seventy five cents. Yeah. Wow. And the pizzas that they did were five dollars eighty, and a, that was a fourteen inch. So that's not even so a bigger pizza was like nine dollars. So you know. It just doesn't You're getting work. Like, it just doesn't make it sense. It doesn't add up. You know, equally. It doesn't add up at all. Equally, have you ever ordered, you know, like Domino's and Pizza Hut or whatever, um, you know, not that I order them that frequently, but every now and then you need a good bad pizza. Mm-hmm. But you know how they'll have like some shitty version of chicken nuggets or something? Like I get from what you're saying, it makes perfect sense to me why McDonald's can't do pizza. But why can't Pizza Hut do good nugs? Ah, great question. Bullshit. I'm glad you asked. It's, oh, do you have an answer? No. Uh, <laughs> so I just felt like saying no, I'm glad I was, you asked. No, I'm being rhetorical. Yeah, because it's weird. Yeah. They make these weird gross things, but it's like, but chicken nuggets are right there. 
Like I've had frozen ones that are pretty good. It's not that hard. Yeah, like I buy them and they're in my freezer at any yeah. given time. You chuck them in the air fryer, for the, for mix the a little, kids. little sriracha and mayo. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Best of the best, the those kids. ones. Kids. Best of yeah. the best. <laughs> they made it easy for me on this one. Yeah, McPizza. It is interesting because, you know, you go around the world and the McDonald's is, you know, have their own kind of like local twist in a lot of markets, which I quite enjoy. But now that you mention it, nothing that doesn't, you know, work with their existing infrastructure, I suppose. You know, like fried chicken, yep, fair enough. They've got deep fryers already and it's fast. Or mm-hmm. like spam in Hawaii, you know. Yeah, that's they fair just enough. Throw the, they could just throw the frozen pizza into the deep fryer. They could give you something. Is that a spitzoli or something? Uh, Sapoli? Yeah. I'm getting all mixed up. Keep going. Hey, big year for the Pizza Wars, Greg. Big year for the box office wars too, Greg. Oh, it was, wasn't it? McMovies galore. This was a big year. You know what? McMovies is apt McPizza. because this is, yeah, we've got, it's franchise fever over here. I mean, it's 89, which means it's Batman 89, right? That was the number two yeah. film in the world, mm-hmm. number mm-hmm. one in the US. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was the number one film mm. in the world. Back to the Future Hard Part to Two, number three. Everyone's favorite Bruce Willis and John Travolta joint. Look who's talking, number four that year. <laughs> uh, uh. Have we done that? No. We did the other one. Are you sure? Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I must have just watched it. Anyway, keep, continue. Don't listen to me ramble. <laughs> you you listen to me ramble. Uh, yeah, Dead Poets yeah. Society. Lethal Weapon 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Little Mermaid, Ghostbusters 2, License to Kill, Christmas Vacation, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash was the very last film of the 80s, if you recall. Um, And what a beautiful pastiche of all beautiful 80s things that it managed to capture in one beautiful 90-minute or so um, piece of art. Also the year of Kickboxer and Cyborg, one of our blessed, you know, double Van Damme years. Weekend at Bernie's. But there was a little film, Greg. Mm. A little film so little it didn't even rank. Really? Just ranked in our hearts. Ranked in our hearts. It ranked in our hearts. You know, it would go on to become somewhat of a cult hit. But in terms of box office, I don't know, below 200, I suppose. Uh, a little film called, ironically... <laughs> Best of the best. Good song. Soundtrack is good. Best of the Best came out in November of 1989, budget of $5 million with a gross box office of $1.7 million. Ooh. So it's one of the last films released of the whole 80s. Well, Tango and Cash was the last, but yeah. Mm. yeah it really makes you think. Really makes you think. Um, you know who thought about this film a little bit? Critics and audiences. Uh, Run Tomato scores, critics score 33%, audience scores 72%. No critic consensus. I imagine they're still in the war room, to, you know, debating this one. Yeah. But I did find uh, a glorious Roger Ebert quote about this film. Excellent. <laughs> that we can use, I guess, in lieu of a critic consensus. Yes, yes. <laughs> it goes as follows. 
There is not a single scene in this movie that I found amusing, original, or interesting. <laughs> oh, what, Roger! What, what we really have here is a documentary of the actors wasting their time. <laughs> this is this is so close to like that Billy Madison thing of everyone yeah. in this room <laughs> yes. is now stupid. <laughs> Roger, it's a great quote. I both agree and disagree, but I, I mean, I see where he's coming from. You see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, he can't always be right. He's not always right. Two Rogers, you know, Rogers can't always be right. Chuck Liddell might disagree. Damn right. It's his favourite picture. I saw Chuck Liddell at LAX once. Did you? Yeah. Are you, are you sure it was him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, He's very a very specific looking man. Yeah. Just as, you sure it wasn't as specific another? as Eric Roberts. He's much bigger than I thought. I thought he was like a... Yeah, shorter guy, but he's he was. Uh, he's light heavyweight. He's about six two, six three, something like that. Mm. Mm. Hey, was this a big movie for you, Greg? Did it make you want to do Karate um, in the Garage by chance? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> it's interesting. It was. Uh, it certainly was, and so was number two. Yeah. So I probably watched number two more than number one. This sounds like the move. Some of the commentary on the socials have suggested similar. Behavior. Oh, have they? So in in the shortlist for movies that wanna made me wanna, it was they were both on the list. Yeah. Look, there was there was some talk of doing a double feature. There was some talk of doing both within the mini, um, yeah. which is which is difficult. Mm. But two was def. I think yeah, two had more fighting going on. Right. I mean, there's four of them. We could do a whole mini series on best of the best. Uh. Well. We could. Yeah. Will we? <laughs> no. Maybe. I, like, too I, much, looked, too I looked at the covers yeah. and by the third Me too. One, maybe it was the fourth. Yeah. Philip Lots of explosions as you go on, right? Yeah. So he goes from being a sm- small town martial arts instructor to like, I don't know. Exactly. Like a, I, I got a bit more of this later. I mean, I didn't watch them, but I just looked up some of the info on each. But judging just by the covers alone, it appears to follow a similar trajectory to like Fast and the Furious. Well, the first one is, you know, one thing and by yeah. the time you get to the fourth one, it's like, have you seen it's that thing that's gone viral go. recently of like what the heist even was in Fast and Furious 1 and it's like yeah, CRT a, TV players with A couple with of Sonics. <laughs> <laughs> you know those TVs with the built-in v, uh, VHS thing? Oh, was yeah. Like, or was it DVDs? I can't remember. Either way, it's. So, so efficient. And now they're, what the fuck are they doing now? Uh, Keep going. What about you? Never saw it. Are you number two man? I've never seen him. Seen I am a number two man generally. Uh, you haven't seen the Coliseum? No. Travis Brickley doesn't dance. No? Okay. <laughs> I have not. I forgot to keep it in the in the second one, they go looking for Travis Brickley who's gone missing in this underground fighting tournament that's in Vegas. And Do you reckon he's named after Travis it. Bickle? Huh? Do you reckon he's named after Travis Bickle, taxi driver? He should be. That's a good point. Very student your part. Uh, it must be. Well observed. Because he's the he's the, jer- the creepy one. He's a, he's a, he's a jerkwad. Travis Brickley <laughs> doesn't dance is what um, Eric Roberts says. Um, but then I was like, oh wait, did he dance in the first one? He does because he's grabbing the chick's ass. So you lied. <laughs> you lied to us, Eric Roberts. I'd never heard of this film, Greg. You never, never heard, heard of it? it? The best <laughs> of the best. I mean, I think I've heard of it more recently from you on this podcast. But in my life. Outside of this microphone yeah. and headphones, I'd this never is heard an age of it. Thing. You're too young. 
It might be, but it also, again, like this sort of thing wasn't really in my household. It was all whatever Jono down the street had for the most part, Jono's you know, when I was young. younger. He, and he's younger than me, so, yeah, potentially. Oh, um, although, you know, maybe one day I'll watch one of the sequels and be like, oh, yeah, I saw this one. Not sure. I might, I might watch number two soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, never saw it, never heard of it, watched it throughout the week um, somewhat episodically. Well, that works. Um, yeah, yeah. Had to take some breaks. It's just a, two, a lot to take in, Greg. Given it's nothing but a series of vignettes. <laughs> kind of. It does translate well, yeah, to that kind of dip in and out viewing nature. Um, but should I get into an extremely low tide origin story? Yeah. Origin story. Calling this an origin story is generous. Uh, sometimes when I can't find an origin story, I, I'll find some interesting trivia. But... Uh, <laughs> But calling this trivia, up. <laughs> calling this trivia is even being very generous. I have some information, some facts, such as this film was directed by Bob Radler, um, who story doesn't have, he doesn't exist. <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't find. It doesn't exist. Literally, he he directed the sequel. That's the only other thing I could find. I think. No, I think I found him on. He he's done nothing of note outside of this, as far as I am aware. Nothing rung a bell for me. Maybe he did the McPizza commercial. He may have. He was. This was his year. Mm. But you know, if other people have bells that are indeed rung by his filmography, God bless you. Now, mm. interestingly, uh, Tommy Lee, the character Tommy Lee, not the singer songwriter drummer, played by Philip Ree. Not the dick boat driver. <laughs> Not the dick boat driver. A uh, Philip Ree played Tommy Lee, and he also did the story. Nice with Paul Levine, who also doesn't exist. Or, or all of the stories. Well, I mean, all of the stories within this first film. You mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Potentially, at least his own. There's many. I guess the the crux to your point, Greg. With no origin story, in lieu of a true origin story. Why didn't I just make one up? And my my thought here is that this is a story of siblings. We've got Eric Roberts, older brother of Julia Roberts. We've got Chris Penn, brother of Sean Penn. We've got Philip Ree, I mentioned, who's also a story by Philip uh, Ree, playing uh, Tommy Lee, of course. Tommy Lee. But we also have Simon Ree. His brother is in this film as well. Oh. Who ironically kills his brother in this film but then becomes his brother by the end of the film in a very bizarre turn of events. Wait, Tehan is his brother? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who killed his brother? Yeah. But becomes his brother. So this film <laughs> is about brothers both in the oh text and metatextually. My it's a God. film about brotherhood, you may say. Because oh my God. they it's learn beautiful. to be brothers. You know, you could argue that this film is about the bonding of of brothers. Beautiful. And you've got famous brothers right there. Yeah. God yeah. damn. And then some brothers from other mothers. Brothers from other mothers in there as well. It's very astute on your part. Mate, we're in the origin story and we've, you've already knocked it out of the park. There's like I'm going to add that to the Wikipedia because it doesn't have anything else in there. And, you know, the only thing this has more than brothers is Oscar-nominated actors. <laughs> we've got Eric Roberts, Oscar-nominated. What we've did got Sally Kirkland. For? One of his early roles, maybe the Good Pope of 
Greenwich Village or something. I can't remember what it was. One of those early ones. Uh, yeah, I think it was one of the Sharknado films, um, which I assume he's in. James L. Jones, Sally Kirkland. The list goes on. It doesn't. It stops there. But, you know, there's three Oscar nominees in this film. One of them won. Oscar I nominee. think James L. Jones. Was it James L. Jones? I assume. I don't, I'm not familiar with Kirkland, so I'm going to go with James L. Jones. Um, so you get all these brothers, get them, you know, in some geese and do some kicking and punching. Bish bash bosh, you go yourself a film. Rap party in Korea? I don't know. Is it a world championship or is it just against Korea? It's a very strange setup. Very strange. And, like, I thought they were the American karate team, but then yeah. they're fighting Korea. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I've got some questions on that later. Me? I, I have many questions on that. Many questions. Some yeah. will be rhetorical. They don't need to be answered, but we're asking them. Exactly. We've got to ask the hard questions. We're just asking questions, yeah. man. Let's play the trailer. You know, we're not opening up a cold case here, but, you know, we're going to ask them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A team is not a team if you don't give a damn about one another. You're number one or number two? Trust dead. Mom, I got to go. What does it take to turn five uncontrollable characters into one unbeatable team? Even with my help, it will be difficult, if not nearly impossible, to defeat a team from Korea. I'm afraid. You need this fight bad. You need this fight for you, man. I'm here to teach you how to win. Winning isn't a sometime thing. Winning is an all-time thing. This is the only thing I know I am good at. Don't take that away from me. You can work. You can sweat. You can train. You can dream and never be better than good. But when the right people come together at the right moment, when they care almost as much about winning as they do about each other, they can become the best of the best. I could write those songs now and I don't mean that as an insult because I love that song but they're just so of a formula mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're delightful actually you made a good point Greg that just got me thinking like have we actually the miniseries is called films that made Greg want to do karate in the garage yes and you know we mean that figuratively but have any of the films we've done featured karate uh, in Kung Fu what have we done Steven Seagal <laughs> Uh, O'Hara, Bob Wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Into the Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Saxon too. He's a he's a karate man. He's a karate man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There we go. That'll do. Fair enough. That'll do. That'll cover it. I feel like we've we've done our due diligence. Yeah. I mean, we could have said kung fu. We could have said many things. We could have said many things. Hey, you know, if this is a crime, then fucking put put Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith on trial for the yeah. Karate Kid reboot in which they did kung fu. Why not call it Kung Fu Kid? The alliteration still works and it even works better as like a reimagining, you know? Wow, just trading off the name, mate. Yeah, but, you trading know, it could, it's, it's implied. Miyagi. It's implied. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's implied. It's inferred. Inferred. Anyway. <laughs> <Stop saying> inferred. <laughs> what happened in this movie, Greg? Oh, well, I'll tell you what happened. A, a tapestry of moments. <laughs> Collection of things captured in Collection front of a of camera. Things built around a <laughs> tournament. tournament. A documentary of actors failing. What was it? Documentary of actors wasting. Documentary of actors lives wasting or? their lives. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's so harsh. savage. He would have giggled, but he giggled when he wrote that. <laughs> but actually, it's much more than that, Tristan. Alexander Grady is a good man. Hmm. A good man with a good heart, a good face and good hair. His world revolves around his son, Walter. His wife had Mm. passed away and he's doing what he can to raise his boy as a single dad. He's invited to try out for the American karate martial arts team. Fighting team. Fighting team. (laughs) His lifelong dream, Tristan. It's all he knows, apparently. But he's got a bad shoulder, and that might just keep him out of the team. <laughs> but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Who else is on the team? Tommy Lee. He's got the skills and the hair to beat anyone, but he's holding back. Holding back because he's scared. Scared of what he's capable of. Well, did I mention the team that he's facing off against his career? <gasps> well, they are. Did I mention there's a guy on the career team that killed his brother in a tournament just like this and he's worried if he fights him, he'll kill him too? Mm. He also has a motorbike. <laughs> he doesn't wear a helmet for. doesn't wear a helmet. Much more dangerous than full contact karate. Yeah. Then there's Travis Brickley and he's a real jerkwad. Yeah. Virgil is a Buddhist with a chin strap and Sonny Grasso is probably Italian. <laughs> so who's leading this walking cliche of characters? None other than Darth Vader himself. Mm. Or Simba's dad. Or King Joffy Joffre. <laughs> He's more Darth in this one. Yeah. But you know what? He's got a backstory too. You want to know why he's pushing them so hard? You want to know why? Because he was there when Tom's brother died. A young, wet-behind-the-ears coach. He let them party and play around. They weren't ready. <laughs> and it died. And that's his fault. But he'll never let that happen again. You got it! But almost again. <sighs> yeah. Best of the best serves as a poignant reminder of today's world. <laughs> we all have stories. We all have a lifetime, a collection of motivations, of fears, of... Laughter of tears. A history that drives us forward and holds us back. Yeah. Makes us laugh, makes us cry. 
yeah. makes us do karate. Yeah, and famous people have brothers that are in movies sometimes. It makes you think. Well, they got to act too. <laughs> exactly. Why isn't Doug Pitt in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> or that other Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, he might be in part four. We don't know He'd this. Be, he would have been ten. He could have played Walter. Yeah. Walter the coma kid. He's on the bubble. I reckon he could take over the middle Hemsworth. No, Who? the youngest Hemsworth. The oldest Liam? Hemsworth. I reckon he could take over Liam. What's he doing? Liam? Does he do things? He was in Westworld. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he was an actor. I thought he just chilled. Yeah, he was. The, this is the worst part for the guy. He's the Eric Roberts of the situation. Well, no, Eric Roberts is still acting, but well, so is he, whatever. Uh, he was doing it first. He was in like Home and Away or whatever first, I think. Oh, well, good for him. I mean. Chris Hemsworth is in the middle. That's, I would happily be the lesser of all Hemsworthians. <laughs> yeah, come on, I'll be the Danny DeVito of the Hemsworth gene pool. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Give me some of that DNA. Give it to me. I just sit around the couches of Byron. Yeah. They, they, he must driver. have so many couches, man. Oh, yeah. I think he'd have good couches. Yeah, he'd have custom built, like, you know, big, yeah. long couch. He works hard. He would know that he also needs to have a nice sit down. He'd have some Jackie Treehorn couches. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Like that's that. the aesthetic I want one day. <laughs> How was the rewatch for you, Greg? Should I go first because I haven't seen it before? (laughs) How was the watch? How was the watch? It took me a while to get my bearings. It was not what I thought it was going to be at all. But how did you get them when it just, it was like a wave that kept coming up for air, but that set was still there and it was crashing over. (laughs) Sorry, continue. Yeah, kind of. Because I was just going off the poster which looks kind of dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was making the jingle for this miniseries, I was looking up clips for sound bites to put in because I've got the James Old Jones one in there. So I think I saw the bar fight and stuff. So I'm like, okay, so this is, you know, it's it's quite adult and, you know, gritty. and But then it, and I'm watching it and tonally it just feels more in the lane of like Karate Kid or like, Maybe with Rocky, although Karate Kid is kind of just a mini Rocky. And then eventually I realised actually it's kind of more like the Mighty Ducks. Oh, I like that. Yeah, That's like you got a rag, ragtag crew, they've got to get along and then, you know. One of them's good. Battle some evil ethnic stereotypes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that kind of works. But I guess ultimately, totally and all, it is kind of like Karate Kid with adults. Uh, although Ralph Macchio was like forty when he made Karate Kid, I think, but he could have know, been in people this. who look he like adults. Been Virgil, yeah, he should have been in this. This could have been a you know continuation, yeah, been a sequel, that been a the beautiful extended universe. Up. Yeah, that would have been good. But yeah, yeah. It, I just kept thinking like, it's who is this for? Because it's you know we're we're in a post Bloodsport era, post Enter the Dragon, obviously. Uh, to have it be so PG is kind of weird. I wasn't expect. I thought Eric Roberts was going to be a real bad guy. And maybe that's just because I've seen too many Mariah Carey video clips. But he seems like a bad dude. Like he's a, he's a good bad guy. And so him being the one like, you know, crying over his kid and stuff just was like, what, what is happening? It just took me a while, Greg. Okay. What do you mean? Like, let's unpack that. 
Well, it just took me uh, my expectations versus the reality of what I was watching. I thought I was going to be watching like a they were just a crew of fighters, you know. Whoa, they didn't know that what was, they were in. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I thought it was going to be that kind of thing, but it's more of a I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know well, what it a, is. I think that's what I struggle a, with. I, it's a it's a commentary on manhood. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It actually is, I guess. Sonhood, coachhood. I guess for me, I did enjoy it, just to be clear. I don't know if I'll, it's not like, you know, going to be my old time or anything, but it was, yeah, it was fine. But, uh, and I enjoyed the the funness of it all, the 80s-ness of it all and all that kind of, all the stuff you'd expect me to like, I like for sure. But I think it's just, if it was just a few more degrees one way or the other, like more cheesy or more gritty, it's just kind of in this weird zone. Oh, yeah. I don't quite know what to do with it. But yeah, like it was pretty good. It's pretty good. I the Chris Penn really pissed me off a lot. <laughs> I know he's meant yeah, to. He's a, he's a jerkwad. But it pissed me off that that Tommy Lee just like forgave him instantly. I don't know. I guess it was the style at the time too. Tommy Lee's a good guy. Like you know. Yeah. Um, what about when he kicked his cigarette out of the guy's mouth? That was cool. That was cool. That was cool. That was very cool. And when Eric Roberts punches the guy just as he's walking past, that was cool. Just a nonchalant yeah. gut punch. Yeah. 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 That was a good bar fight. I believe that was the double deuce or something similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Triple deuce down the road. A fir- first first bar fight of the miniseries perhaps? Uh, no, we, Gino Fellino kind oh, of. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Good good recall. But that was one guy versus many. This was like group on group Anybody action, which is much more. Richie. <laughs> Bobby Lupo. See <laughs> do Bobby Lupo. <laughs> and parts of, the parts of this I enjoy the most is when it's just so melodramatic and over the top, like when his kid gets hit by a car. He it's, it's He's like, like, I've got to go back to, oh, my kid's been hit by a car. He's like, no, nah, mate, you choose. You're going to stay. I told you. It's, and he goes, he's in a coma. He's like, yeah, no, well. He, he, he didn't even know. They didn't even tell him he was in a coma until he got there. He's like, because <laughs> he just said to the to uh, Mufasa, like, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's hurt pretty bad. <laughs> he's like, I don't care. You're going to stay here. And then he gets to the hospital and they're like, yeah, he's in a coma. Like, what the fuck? Oh, really? And then that. he just shows up at the fight. And it looks like it's like something from basketball. Like it's that Mate. kind of. It feels like that energy, like straight That's up That's what parody. I wrote. Yeah. I wrote as one of my things, cool. like <laughs> yeah. my summaries, I felt like I was watching a live action South Park thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is. And, and so that, that, that layer to it I love because it's just like overt, delicious tropes all over They would love face. this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would. They would. They would. He would sing that song. Trey Parker could sing the shit out of that song. <laughs> yeah. And how does his son go to Korea? Yeah, well, what's what's all this Korea? Like, is this world championships <laughs> or is this the is this just US versus Korea? Like, what it's is US this? Is it Taekwondo man. or is it? Because at one point they do say Taekwondo and box. Because at one point the commentator is speaking to us, the audience, mm, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, but sometimes they'll do that, and it's as if you're watching the broadcast of it or something, right? But this yeah, just looked yeah. like the movie, and he was facing the movie camera to the mm. side of his actual job. Explaining what we're about to see it was fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's avant-garde, mate. It's avant-garde. Yeah, it was. It really was. Anyway, wait. How how was the rewatch for you? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a series of disparate vignettes, tropey vignettes. <laughs> yeah. It felt like it did feel like a generative AI masterpiece. It kind of does. Yeah, 
That's just it's very astute. You were saying that about the song, but it, the actual movie itself felt like a AI produced thing. Man, that's so true. If you just fed all of our movies into a thing and said make you it PG, get, you might get this. Yeah. Fuck. That's very astute. Even in the same way that AI, you know, doesn't get it perfect. <laughs> it's weird things yeah, that, that yeah. don't make sense. <laughs> like just when they really started laying on the there's this little sequence where it all goes when he's he's got to go back for his son, but then it all all the wheels fall off. Philip Rees, oh, Tommy Lee's leaving because he's worried. He knocks out Virgil with a kick, and he's worried he's going to kill him. And he rides off on his motorbike, <laughs> and then it cuts to James Earl Jones and the Sally Kirkland, and she's like, "You can't push me hard." He goes, "This is why I have to." And he tells his backstory about then, like, what? Like, everyone's got their little backstory all of a sudden. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, funny, yeah. man. They just wedged it's it all like, in. It is like a soundbox. It's, like, it's thing. like a Tadukan. They're just stuffing it all in. Just <laughs> foie gras, just force feed that fucking goose <laughs> with a tropey goodness. Ah, oh, it's so good. It, That's it's a perfect so good. description. Oh. So I, you know, I, I was just frothing. I, I think when I watched these sort of movies, even when I was a kid, I, I laughed at when they were doing these over the top back, like ah, sort of good. drama. So like I found it funny back then. Um, yeah, good. Like good, me and my mates used to sort of make up versions of them and laugh about it. So this was, <laughs> yeah, it was a nice trip down memory lane. We, just, we probably just needed a couple more backstories because there are a couple still oh, like anonymous yeah. fighters. Like there was how many yeah. fighters were there? Five. There's like yeah. three that I remember. Then there were like just the other two. Why is Virgil Buddhist? Yeah, give us more on that because someone Why? killed his brother, I guess. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Why is Travis such a jerk? Yeah, because he's racist. Oh yeah. I guess that's that. <laughs> Good about that. Why doesn't he dance? He does. <laughs> He does. Why does he stand out in front of women's toilets asking them if they're going one or two? I just want to know how much time I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do that one soon. Um, Ace Ventura. Yeah, um, I was going to say, is that? Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing too because uh, Tommy Lee, didn't that fight start because Tommy Lee defended him or was that just two things that happened at the same time? I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, the I bar, so, the bar yeah. fight. I felt like he was had his back, and then he was still being a dickhead to him. Ah, oh, you piece of shit! What a jerk! What a jerk! What a jerk! I tell you what, though, Greg. I only have one ultimate gripe with this film, and it is in the training montage. First of all, they're running on the beach in shoes, which I'm like, okay, oh my that's not ideal. Why? Then they're running in the water with shoes, and I'm like, that's where I draw the line. That's not <laughs> a thing. People don't do that. That's the part that AI fucked up in the script. Yeah. Yeah. Not knowing that that's a thing you can't do. That would be torture. How are what? you doing it's that? It's stupid. It's wasting, you know, those that's the boxing shoes. They're not they're not that cheap. Wet socks. Nothing worse than a wet sock. It's gross. They could get gangrene. They could get gangrenous. What would you do if you saw someone running along the beach and they were running in the shallows in their shoes? You would think that person was insane. Yeah, or, or training for a Taekwondo championship. Oh, I feel like true. there's probably a cut scene where James Earl Jones is yelling at them for, you know, doing that because they could have yeah. got gangrene and you can't lose another fighter. I'm sure I that was you can't have everything and maybe they're just not the smartest. What they lacked in um, beach running sense they made up for in cool jackets. Oh, man. 
I want one that? of those jackets, man. They were <laughs> it's a fucking cool. And even even Tommy Lee's regular jacket was very similar to the Bruce, my yeah, yeah, brown yeah. suede jacket named after Bruce Willis, of course. Yeah. They were cool guys. They were cool guys except for Chris Penn, except for Bickle, Bickley. What was his name? Travis. Travis. Keep going. Uh, a question for you. The fight, Chris Penn's fight, um, I guess it was kind of a draw and then they do some dim Mac, they're breaking some bricks. Is yeah. that like a penalty shootout? Is that and is that a real thing? Um, look, I'm not familiar with it. Doesn't mean it's not a thing. Because sometimes I think also between fights, sometimes they'll have street fighters bash up a car, right? Sometimes, as well. yeah, I think so. Um, I would have liked to have yeah, seen that down by the down by the uh, docks. <laughs> yeah, usually down by the docks. But yeah, is that a thing, or is that just a, a poetic uh, creative license there? Uh I don't know. If I had to guess, yeah. I, w- I would say creative license, you know, like it's uh, yeah. the AI algorithm wanted <laughs> to put in, you know, brick breaking um, as yeah. a cornerstone of 80s martial arts tropes. So yeah. I think that was the that was the thing. It makes sense. And they all lost. Did they all lose? They w- well, yes and no, Greg, that's the thing. But just on that one, <laughs> the one part I did love about that element from 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 Chris Penn was the guy, the other guy obviously breaks more bricks than him and, and the ref is counting them and he's like, why, why are you counting them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that was good. That it was, was very good. real. It was a very real moment. It was probably improv. It was probably improv. <laughs> yeah. Because it was too good. <laughs> it was too perfect. The fighting, the fighting was bizarre. Like what about, I don't know, I couldn't quite get to the bottom of the rules. Like there's one bit where Eric Roberts he sort of knocks the guy down and in most instances they just sort of, you know, reset when someone's down. He runs up and gives him a soccer uh, soccer kick to the head. Yeah. You know, like a just as though he's slamming a vo- you know, soccer kick's like when you – like a volley. Yeah. You use someone's head. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was great. It was, like, it was like they were back in the bar. <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't quite – I couldn't get my head around the format of these fights. Yeah, yeah. So that guy – that was talking to camera was saying that it was like part Taekwondo, part something else, part boxing or something. But then, mm. but what is that then? MMA, baby. Was that a thing happening <laughs> at the time? Like, was that just a way to cover their asses because everyone was fighting slightly different styles and just to give them, you know, I feel it's that. Make, I could be wrong, yeah. but that's my guess. Um, but they didn't really cover why Eric Roberts starts with his hands. <laughs> Right in the air. It's for his shoulders, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like do you, he it was a very, very unorthodox um, sort of setup slash stance he had going on there. Oh, he just seemed karate kid. He had good hair though. Well, when it's when his hair's tied up with a little bit hanging off the sand. Hot. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> cool guy. <laughs> Walter's a lucky boy. <laughs> He's a fucking dork. Walter, you little little loser. <laughs> what? How did he get to Korea? He just came out of a coma. I don't know the ins and outs of medical, um, I guess, protocol around air travel. I know they're pretty strict <laughs> on it. And I think two days out of comas, you're probably not on a international flight. Maybe they transported him in coma. Hmm. Mid coma. Put him, put him back under. <laughs> kept him under. Oh no, he woke yeah. up already, didn't he? He woke up. Yeah. He woke up. He had That's a bung right. leg. 
At least one bung leg. Maybe two. I can't think of it. <laughs> Man, he hit those waterworks so sweet-like. This is all I know. It's so weird. That was his simple Jack moment, really, wasn't it? It really was because I did, I went into this, I think I said at the end of last week's episode, I'm a big Eric Roberts fan, but then I thought about that. I don't know what I'm basing that on other than he just has a fascinating face. Hmm. And I don't think I've seen, oh, no, that's not true. I've seen lots that he's in, but in a lot of the movies I've seen him in, it's not like a leading role. Um, but I was kind of shocked at how bad some of his acting was in this. But it wasn't all bad. There were just moments where I was like, is that a real scene? <laughs> like why did they choose this take? It's really weird. So yeah. weird. I was trying and to the kid, find You're some... right. It's like a South Park joke, some of those it interactions. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I was trying to find some info on him, like true Hollywood stories slash hard copy, you know, Eric Roberts in the, in the 80s and 90s. Same. So, like, I did a bit of a – I've got some stuff on Eric Roberts. I was expecting to find a lot more. Yeah, so, okay, pretty quiet. Let's get into, Maybe we've got to go on the dark web for that. Well, it sounds like on the surface there seems to be a lot of chatter about his dark period or, like, you know, he's a bad boy and all this sort of stuff. But it seems like his criminal history was just possession of weed and cocaine, which is mandatory at this point if you're a celebrity. Like, it's not a big – half of that is legal now. Mm. It's not. That's not controversial. Uh, what is controversial? Not really. But what's exciting is Mr. Eric Roberts. First of all, is not a nepo sibling. He was famous before Julia Roberts. Yeah, take that, and Julia. You're the nepo baby. <laughs> he is the most prolific actor of all time. In fact, with 710 mm-hmm. film credits, that is the most. That's the most. It's the most. James Hong has 400 and something. I think he's like close to number two or something. Um, That's <clears throat> daylight. Hollywood, Hollywood movies, US movies. Yeah, Bollywood and voice actors, there's probably a couple. <coughs> yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Although, interestingly, his wife is a casting director. <sighs> uh, just, just throwing him in things. Anyway, it is a crazy amount of movies. And um, if you think about it, uh, he's been working since 1978. So 45 years, 710 roles. That's like 15.7 movies per year on average. On average. Now, of course, there's some <laughs> years where he's only made one or two films, which means there's some years, like 2013, where he appeared in 34 films. That's that's insane. <laughs> did he play the same? Like, this is not even including TV shows. How do you not get your characters confused? Right? From what I can tell, aside from Best of the Best franchise, the only time he's played the same character more than once is in Mariah Carey video clips. Which one was he in? He was in two. It was in It's Like That, which I'm not familiar with. The one that I'm more familiar with is in is We Belong Together, which if I'm not mistaken also has a young Wentworth Miller in it. Oh, what have happened to Wentworth? Yeah, what happened to that real? Guy? Yeah, I'm going to push this out of here. I got the blueprints on my body. On my body. That was the worst. Have we ranted about this before? That TV show, I remember I was so pumped for. You probably were too. We were working together then. I remember talking to the Catrones about, oh, this fucking show, right? Yeah, because we'd Prison go down break. and Channel 7 would come in and play their, their reel and we'd sit there and eat pizza and see all the new shows. Yeah. Wentworth Miller's covered in tattoos, covered yeah. in tattoos. And throughout the series, he uses two, like, elements of the entire bodysuit. One was just the size of, like, a fucking bolt. Okay. 
And the other was like some specific points on like the wings on the angel on his back or something. But things that did not require a bodysuit tattoo whatsoever. Mm. Could have just written some numbers on your hand, mate. <laughs> really, so, really makes you think. Really makes you think. Cool tattoos though. Well, they just kept making him wear long sleeve shirts for the rest of the show so they didn't have to do the makeup. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. But he he had a real niche in um in the music video world because it does skew mostly hip hop. He's, he's a white cop in a Ja Rule video. He's in two Mariah Carey videos. He's in that Smack That video as a cop with Akon and Eminem. Um, he's in a couple of Killers videos, which bucks the trend a little bit. But he's in Bitch Better Have My Money, again as a cop, the Rihanna song. He's a bartender in El Baño, which is an Enrique Iglesias featuring Bad Bunny song, which I'm not familiar with. El Baño doesn't that a mean Chris the Cornell toilet? song. Maybe it does. Um, is it number one or number two? Really That's the question. Yeah, it really makes you think. El, El Baño Dos. It's the double deuce. I, I do want, I, I, I assume those Mariah Carey videos are a franchise, like an ongoing storyline. I'm very fascinated yeah. by that now. Didn't have a chance to look it up. But uh, it's a fact. It's a fact. Mm. Anyway, so this guy, he seems pretty normal relative to what I was expecting. He's in lots of movies. Yeah, he got busted for drugs once. Okay. <laughs> and there's controversy of like uh, he, he was estranged from Julia Roberts. That sounds over over overplayed too because we all are. Yeah. <laughs> the way he described it was like it was taken out of context or something like because when she first started all the interviewers were asking her about you know the brother getting you the job or whatever and she was like stop asking me about my brother. Anyway, Whatever, whatever. It just seems like there's nothing, there's not much, there's not as much controversy there as yeah. one may expect. Although he wasn't Dr. Phil, I was watching that. Um, but I just hate Dr. Phil, man. I couldn't, I couldn't stomach it, so I moved on. Mm. Yeah. And he's, he's Emma Roberts' father as well, of course. Who? Emma Roberts. She's in many things. Is she? You know if you see her. I'm going to look her up now. I saw her just down the street. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, on Mulberry you see Street. All, you're in old Soho, so you see all the... I can't, it's so funny. I'm like, you know her, but I can't think of a movie she's in. She's in Blow as a child. As a child. Oh, I think that was her first role, yeah. She's in lots of TV shows like American Horror Story and stuff. Family Guy. She's in Family Guy. <laughs> and Punked. You're getting the randomest credits. She's on her way to 710 credits. Uh, how many best of the best films have you seen, Greg? I th- I think I've only seen two. Yeah, okay. So best of the best comes out in eighty nine. Best of the best yeah. two is ninety three. And so I was looking up I was looking up the one liner synopses for each synopses for each on IMDb. So number two is the Coliseum is the fighting arena owned by the champion Brackus. Yeah. Now after the death of their friend Tommy Lee and Alex Grady want revenge. Do you know who the friend is? I uh, got a feeling it might be a pen. Hate to break it to you, man, but it's Travis. Travis. Yes. Good. The Coliseum is closed. Run to minus score ten percent. Hmm. Interesting. I think it's missing a zero. <laughs> best of the best three. No turning back. Came out in nineteen ninety five. A martial arts instructor comes to the defense of a school teacher who has taken a stand against a local white supremacist organization. It sounds like it was written by. Sylvester Stallone with with that description, but no, it wasn't. Philip Reeves still in it. He also directed it. 
and brought along Gina Gershon for the for the ride. No Rotten Tomatoes score. Man. No no critic score at least. Gina Gershon? The Gersh. They hook up in that. All right. We should do a Gershon mini. Now we gotta do Sally Field first. Fucking love the Gersh. Best of the best four without warning. Came out in nineteen ninety eight. When a girl fleeing Russian mobsters plants a stolen computer disc on Tommy Lee. Now we're talking fucking yeah. uh, The martial arts expert finds herself unwittingly, <laughs> finds himself unwittingly, thru- unwittingly thrust into his most harrowing adventure ever. He's got to ask why this keeps happening to him though. I know. Directed by Philip Ree, written by Philip Ree, produced by Philip Ree. No Rotten Tomatoes score. Didn't even have the poster art on the website. Audience score 36%. What's wrong with these people? But yeah, like I was saying, it seems to be, again, if you do the uh, movie poster archaeology, it does reveal a trend of greater explosions and more firearms as you go along the franchise. So it does appear to be following that Fast and Furious trajectory. Uh, so I look forward to Best of the Best 10, Space Wars. Mm. Should be good. Yeah. Space fights. Man, I, Philip Ree's got great screen presence. I, I enjoyed him a lot in this film. He's got some sweet kicks. What about Chekhov's footwork? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, wait. We've left some stuff untouched here that I wanted to talk about. What about just the whole fight at the end? Every, you're right. Everyone basically loses. And <laughs> how about the the uh, the Mortal Kombat situation where his his opponent, his real brother in real life, is just standing there like <laughs> like wobbly. That like the ref's not going to let that happen. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, maybe Mario Yamazaki would let that happen, but it's what? <laughs> Finish him! Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't you kill him? Yeah, as a garage martial artist, Greg, isn't there a mm. way he could just get the points without killing him? Like, is it is it is it literally he's gonna die if I touch him? Like, what the fuck? It's absurd. It's absurd. And then he collapses when the gong goes. So it's just like, what? What? And then he gives him his medal, but he killed his brother and was doing illegal kicks and things throughout the entire tournament. Yeah. And, and now, now he's just a good like. Guy. He's been yeah. humbled. He gave a speech. Yeah, what, was he, what was his speech? Something about honour and brothers. Yeah, and- he said, I'm, I'm your brother now or something. I don't know what that means, but no, he no, killed no. his you killed my brother. Maybe it's lost yeah. in translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But And that's one thing. But then Eric Roberts gets a medal too. Yeah, the guy's like, I know everything about you. Yeah, what does that mean? Ah, what? I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed that part though. It was a good I, part. Well, it just was <laughs> like they just kept ratcheting it up. And what yeah. about the fact that the guy had an eye patch? Was that so yeah. you could distinguish him amongst the other Asians? <laughs> I think it might have been. It may have been. I mean, it's to signal bad guy, I guess. And it, yeah, I guess it's to give him a distinctive feature. It, speaking of the racial thing too, I, I think it is interesting. Like on the one hand, I do kind of like the concept of, you know, they're all this together, but secretly one of them has like this revenge story that they're going after that no one really knows about. But then I do wonder, is that, also just because they couldn't really have the Asian guy overtly be the main character then. Like they had to make it more about the group. It's like a funny, it's a funny thing. Because it really is his story, but it feels like it's, well, like they're set on Eric, 
It's centered more on Eric Roberts, in a coma. but he's more interesting. He's the cool one. Yeah. But the, yeah, it is. It's it's a it, they're walking mm. a fine line. Uh hey, listen. Yeah. I was sort of luring in you into asking me, but hey, how is the <laughs> best guy going to have a eye patch? Wouldn't that hamper you as a fighter to have one eye? Well, I was thinking that too, because then you just do everything from that side, right? You're fucked. Yeah, well, you are, but then you've heard of Michael Bisping? No. I've heard of Snake Pliskin, though. He had an eye Snake patch. Snake Pliskin. They've got some similarities, actually. Michael Bisping is a, a, an English UFC, retired UFC champion. Yep. He's, like, been around forever. He's big and he's still very much involved in the sport and commentary and stuff. But he um, cool. started losing his eyesight and I think he was legally blind in one eye for, like, the back half, I don't know, I don't want to say half, but the later part of his career, including wow. when he won the belt in one eye. That's crazy. Well, Isn't it? The superhero Daredevil, he's blind. Because they say that your other senses heighten. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs eyes? Yeah. You can hear I mean, things. But also his Shidoshi Tanaka did make him bring him tea with blindfolds on back in the day. So that's how he knew how to handle mm. that situation. That's My a Shidoshi. good point. Yeah. Shidoshi. Yeah. Honor yeah. you. To honor you. What kind of a deal? Which football <laughs> team are you going for, champ? Or is it baseball? <laughs> giants and Giants. Hey. <laughs> he just loves giants. I don't care what state you're from. All the giants. I like big people. <laughs> Should we get into tropes? This is a funny one to say oh because the whole film is tropes, but not specifically martial arts tropes, I guess. Um, let's go through them. All right. Eccentric mentor. I guess James L. Jones kind of counts. He's not super eccentric other than just being a hard ass. Pretty cliche hard ass. Back-to-back badassery. Surely in the bar fight there's some back-to-back fighting. Mm. I can't remember specifically. I've got to give that a pass because at least spiritually it's there. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I'm with you. Yeah. Action girl, sort of. We've got the lady. What's yeah, her name? The meditation girl. <laughs> she just shows up. Yeah. Hey, I want to help these guys win. Where'd you come from, lady? It's, she's like a really early <laughs> – it's, it's some really early sports psychology. Um you know, yeah, it was kind of cool. It added a, you know, billion dollar industry now. It was like they had the script and said, "We need a, we need a babe in this, but where's the babe?" And so they got an action girl in there. She's pretty good. Uh, badass in a nice suit. Not really. Nice jacket. Nice jacket. Damn right. Bruce Lee clone. Not directly. It depends, I guess, how racist we want to be about it. Uh, Ray yeah. had like <laughs> hair, like a you know. Yeah, he, and he. And he fought. That's how um, racist would be. He is the same <laughs> race-ish. I mean, from a Hollywood point of view, they're thinking of it that way, let's be honest. Hollywood 89, they are looking for a Bruce Lee clone in this film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool sword. There's no cool sword in this one, right? Not even winning a sword. Not even like the Kumite. Give me a sword at the end. It's interesting. You have to sell it back to them, Greg. That's how you get your prize money, according yeah, to Yeah, well, he go, yeah, well, he gave him the... I'm I'm surprised Frank didn't have a story about for us about someone giving him their medal. I feel yeah, that yeah. Could have, I feel like that after could have happened to him after brother. he watched this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, bad guy grabbing weapon. Uh, were there any objects grabbed in the bar fight? Surely. Why am I not remembering any of this right now? It's all left in my brain. 
And then was there anything in the boat? I mean, you'd have to assume there's a pool cue or a pool ball and a pool yeah. ball smacking dope fiends. Um, <laughs> now there's got to be. Why am I not remembering this? I should have been referring to this while watching. Sometimes you're so immersed, engrossed. Yeah, yeah. We don't really have goons either. We only have on the street goons, like in the bar fight and um, and the people we're fighting at the end. But they don't really count as goons because there's no lair and there's no like. Can I ask you a quick so that's question? That's interesting. Yeah, 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 of course. <clears throat> a bit off topic. Mm. Do you prefer bar fights or gas station fights <laughs> slash supermarket? Supermarket? You know, like. I feel like, mm, I mean, I do like a classic bar fight, but I feel like that's like a, it's a cheeseburger. But a petrol station fight, are they using petrol to fight? Oh, it's got to end in an explosion. It's more like oh. probably Jackie Chan in the in that kind of. Oh yeah, of course. Then gas station fight, yeah. I mean, but it's a sometimes food. You can't if you did it all the time, then it would. But if I had yeah. to watch one right now, I would say gas station fight. The good thing about the bar fight is you get to someone gets to get their head thrown into the jukebox and then twenty four seven little and or something when one of those type of songs. That's come true. Up, you know, some sort of rock and roll number. Yeah, if I ever open a gas station, I'm going to put a jukebox in there just in case. Oh, fuck. Just to cover all bases. Yeah. Then you've got it covered. And there's no storming the castle, and that wraps up tropes. Mm, mm. (laughs) I don't have anything else to say about this film. Me neither. Let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. What say you, Greg? Yeah. Wait, so how long ago? When was the last time you watched this? Oh, man, a a good while. Okay. It's got to be 20 years. So does it ultimately hold up? It's like I remember it. <clears throat> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving this a rewatch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am glad you brought this film to my attention. I am glad I watched it. I had moments of enjoyment. Uh, I get why. I get why it has the following it does. I won't be watching it again in a hurry. Yeah, I get that. But you have piqued my interest in the sequel. Will you watch number two? I will, but probably just when we do it on the podcast eventually. (laughs) Yeah, we will do it on the pod, so maybe I'll save it because I probably need to watch some Kill Bills. Yeah, we've got to watch a couple of Kill Bills. Hey, um, I am pretty – Romeo Must Die, man, that was a big one for me. Mm. And we haven't covered any Jet Li in this series as, as of now. But yeah, we've got yeah. uh, Uma Thurman instead. So yeah, just yeah. think, just marinate on that, people, all you Kill Bill <laughs> voters. Hey, we put hey, we, it's our own doing. We put it in there. I think the beauty of Kill Bill, I mean, well, A, I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm actually excited to watch it because I, I actually didn't like it that much back in the day, but I think I'm going to like it more. But also it's obviously referencing a lot of the stuff we've been watching. So I think it's going to be fun to to pick up on those and, and unpack it from that point of view too. And the tasty tropes are going to be off the charts. Off the charts. Um, but real quick. David Carradine. Representation. Bechdel test, fail. Race Bechdel, fail. Racist Bechdel. 
Um, Simpsons reference, not that I'm aware of. Porn parody, not that I'm aware of. Uh, actually, searching overall. Best, best of, of the, the breast. Best of the breast. It's fucking right there. It's very astute on your part. Um, trying to do research on this film at all. Best of the best is not SEO friendly. You just get all random shit. It's hard to find shit about this film. Mm. I guess my MVP is Tommy Lee. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, he's yeah. the coolest. Yeah. I'm down with that. Loki, Eric Roberts' is hair. When it's tied up only. Ooh. Oh, I like free-flowing Roberts' hair when he had that little, um, little sweater me. on. Like <laughs> he had one really cool outfit at one point when, when he found out about his kid. I, I thought his fit was fire. He, had the, he, shirt. He, he, he was rocking a lot of boot. He had a, a big heel. Is he yeah, a short yeah. man? Maybe. He had a really, really a big heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's find out his height, shall we? Eric Roberts' height. He probably won't be there. Five foot ten, so. That's not bad. Not short, not tall. With those heels, six two. Yeah. <laughs> Them stilettis. Anyway, next yeah. week I guess we're doing Kill Bill. <laughs> get some Madsen in our life. That's yeah. Cool. <clears throat> Fuck, I'm going to watch that right now because I reckon I can get Ara to watch that. Mm, nice. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Well, gang. we'll see you next week, folks. We're rocketing through them. Oh, what are we doing yeah. after martial arts? We're doing Halloween. Are we doing zombies? We are going to do a – we're taking a, a – we're trying a new thing with a miniseries, are we, Greg? We're going to try to do chronologically a working title, A Brief History of Zombie Films. So we're going to pick some key milestone zombie films and do it chronologically mm. over the Halloween wow. season. It should be exciting. That is It'll go exciting. past Halloween, but who cares? We did Vampires in February. So do we do two Night of the Living Deads? We could. That might be interesting. Yeah. A Living Dead sandwich. Yeah. All right. Bye. See ya.